David Bullock is the chair of the UNC Board of Trustees. David is on the line with us right now. David, welcome to News and Views. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. I heard you say in a Fox News interview, I guess it was last weekend, that while you have an excellent faculty at UNC Chapel Hill, there's no shortage of left-of-center ideas. However, the same can't be said of right-of-center ideas. And to address the lopsided question, you and UNC are going to begin a school of civic light, life and leadership the goal to teach students in an age of cancel culture and censorship how to develop the knowledge and skills needed to advance and support a healthy democracy. In an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, you and Vice Chair John Pryor were quoted as saying the idea was to end political constraints on what can be taught in university classes. Uh, tell us more about this. I'm fascinated with the idea. I like the idea. I would think it's an uphill climb, but uh, go for it. Give us some more details. Great. Glad to do it. Again, thanks for having me. Uh, and, you know, this this is not a new idea at Carolina. Uh, at Chapel Hill, we've got a, a long tradition uh, at the institution of supporting uh, intellectual freedom and free speech. And, and and while uh, it is true that um, that this is sort of a new version or a new concept, this is in no way new to Carolina. Um, we want, as trustees, uh, our job is to take a look at the needs of the state of North Carolina, uh, what students want, what students deserve in the classroom, and take a look at that, and then advocate on behalf. Uh, of them, their parents, and the other, and the 11 million citizens of North Carolina, uh, what should what 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 Carolina should be all about? And one of those things is uh, instructing and giving students the opportunity uh, to come to Carolina uh, to get skills in the area of of civil discourse, so that they moving forward as graduates, can compete in the modern world. And that's really what this is about. It's about the free exchange of ideas. Benny and I were talking before we went on the air, and he's got some statistics about the ratio of conservatives to liberals. And what, what, what were, I mean, the, the, on the faculty. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Dave, this is Benny. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, hey, Benny. It was out of the uh, Carolina Journal, I don't know, weeks, months ago uh, that um, I believe it was a college fix had done some kind of analysis. I don't, I don't know if their analysis was, was tr- true or not, but he said basically that the number of professors at UNC Chapel Hill, uh, liberals versus conservatives or, or Democrats versus Republicans, uh, they, the Democrats outnumbered 16 to 1 or something like that. And, and I didn't know if you were – I'm sure you're familiar with that, that article and if it had any basis or not uh, – and, and was this well, I, was this a reason why this school was needed? Well, I think I, I think the, the bigger the bigger question, and first of all, thanks for the question. Um, the the statistics that you read out sixteen to one, I believe that those are data points that in fact are true. But that's that that's really beside the point of what we're trying to do here. What we're trying to do uh, in terms of advocating for uh, the school of civic life and leadership is to give students an opportunity to learn in an environment 
where their viewpoint is taken seriously and respected. And, and as a result, the expectation is, is that students will be able to come in to Carolina and take classes and not have to self-censor themselves in a classroom, that they will have the freedom uh, to express their intellectual position, they'll have the freedom to speak their mind, and they'll be respected for that, uh, for that position, and professors will be able to engage students on campus in the classroom so that they can develop the skills to have thoughtful disagreements, for example, and to be able to understand what is an increasingly polarized world. Now, as I understand it, of course, the university has a, a number of different schools and different majors. Uh, it, it sounds to me the way you're describing this is this would be a school at the university. It wouldn't necessarily say, okay, we're going to take this philosophy and integrate it into all of the education at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's up for debate and, uh, and certainly up for consideration. Uh, I, I don't think the idea is to, for example, stand up a building. I think the the, the notion is that this uh, school could be nested inside, for example, the School of College of Arts and Sciences, which is the, the largest school on on campus, mm-hmm. and can uh, can can involve other disciplines. For example, what 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 is kind of anecdotally known at the university is PPE which is uh, philosophy, politics, and economics, which is currently taught by fantastic world-class faculty uh, at Chapel Hill. But we can add to them, add to the ranks of the faculty uh, in the sense that faculty can come on board who can uh, teach the actual skills needed to navigate these tough subjects in the current uh, environment that, that we all find ourselves we're talking to David Bullock, who's a chair of the UNC Board of Trustees, uh, and we're talking about this new school of civic life and leadership. Uh, Chairman Bullock, uh, how would the – you know, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the way the uh, the universities are, are governed just because of my, my input here at, at East Carolina, the, kind of the separation from the board and the faculty and the chancellor. But how, how would the uh, leadership and staffing be determined here? I mean, will you consider – you know, outside, uh, because I think it's always great to bring people from the outside from other other positions of organizational leadership like the military, uh, business world, or, 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 you know, nonprofit organizations or whatever. How, how would that be determined? Well, you know, that's a good question. And uh, just to be quite frank, in terms of the governance structure, you know, the, the sort of the job of us, as I see it, of the board is to uh, set the tone. Uh, and to set policy and to give a vision for the university moving forward. The nuts and bolts of this is really the uh, uh, where the chancellor and the provost get paid uh, to do the work. And, and I would think that the provost uh, and his team and various faculty members that are currently at Chapel Hill and that may be brought in, in a, uh, in, with the idea of being part of the School of Civic Life and Leadership, would, would make those individual determinations on leadership and, and kind of the nuts and bolts of how that program would work. How my, you- my view is really to really to set the tone and to uh, to give give a vision uh, from the board of trustees to the greater university. 
How are you going to make sure it is not hijacked? What are the checks and balances so that you will make sure that the uh, mission statement of this School of Civic Life and Leadership is adhered to and, and it, it doesn't go off the tracks? Yeah, what, what is success and how will you measure success? Yeah. How do you determine success? Well, there's a couple of questions there, and I'll, I'll start with, you know, how do we, how do we keep this, uh, this train on the track? Well, you know, first of all, we, we have set out um, and the initial resolution that was passed unanimously by the board uh, sets uh, recommendations to the chancellor uh, to accelerate the, the development of the school. Uh, and this is something that has, has been worked on by faculty members previously. Um, so our expectation as board members, uh, based on that resolution, is that it will happen. Um, now, one of the ways we can do that is through our authority as board of trustees to approve or not approve a budget at the university. Okay. And, and what what would how how are you going to measure success on this? And I, I granted I, that's a tough question because I mean I'm sure you've thought it through, but at the same time, uh, I mean you, you haven't even you know you haven't even launched this ship yet. So, uh, but but as you look down the road, what, what does success look like? Well, I think success looks like um, data from students uh, and data from faculty that. Uh, uh, sort of reveals a climate at the university where uh, people feel comfortable expressing their uh, positions uh, ideologically in class and amongst other students, where there is the ability for students to engage in civil discourse. I mean, let me stop here and say, you know, this is a natural outflow of program that we currently have uh, known as the Program for Public Discourse. We recently had, for example, on campus, Senator Tom Tillis and his opponent in the 2020 election, uh, uh, Cal Cunningham, mm-hmm. on campus, where they openly discussed the race, their positions on, uh, on certain issues, and how they uh, interacted with each other. They did so on stage. There was a packed auditorium of students. I was right there with them. And, and that type of dialogue, that doesn't come naturally in today's world. That's a learned skill that can be taught in the classroom. It's something that we owe our students uh, so that they can be successful in the future. This is natural to go from that idea of the program from public discourse to bring that skill set and that modeling to the classroom. Yeah, yes. And, and so, so success, mm-hmm. success is modeled by our student success. We already have tremendous success on students, but, you know, we can't take our success for granted, we've got to be looking into the future and and, and taking a look at the needs uh, uh, that, that face our students, not only today, but in the next decade. How will a student apply and be admitted to the school, and when will it launch? Well, launch date, uncertain, um, and they'll apply just like students apply to the university. This will be part of a curriculum that students will be able to, um, you know, presumably opt into uh, and be able to uh, take classes uh, within the school. I mean, all those details are things that I expect our, our world-class faculty to be able to put together uh, uh, the nuts and bolts. They are really skilled at that, and, and I have all the confidence in the world that 
that that will be done uh, professionally and the way it should be. Uh, go ahead, uh, Chairman, Chairman Bullock. Uh, do, you, do you know are there other models at other schools that you guys may be looking at and 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 seeing what works, what doesn't work? Well, there aren't, to my knowledge, any specific uh, uh, models uh, that 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 I personally have taken a look at. Now, I, I do know that there is uh, there there are similar models to the program for public discourse. Uh, I would point to Princeton University and Robbie George, Professor Robbie George, there uh, with some with some work, great work that he's done uh, at, at Princeton University. Uh, but this, I think, could really make Carolina a national leader. Is uh, were you surprised that it was a unanimous uh, decision by the board? And is this the beginning of perhaps a paradigm shift? Uh, no, I really wasn't surprised at the unanimity of board. I think our board uh, is very focused. We take our job seriously. Um, and I do believe that it could be a paradigm shift. Absolutely. How about the uh, the initial faculty reaction uh, in the Daily Tar Heel, I think yesterday maybe – you know, obviously, there's a lot of lot of opinions, and everybody can share them. Um, and and uh, hey, that's part of the purpose of. Sounds like what you're trying to do here. Were you surprised about the initial reactions from some of the some of the faculty? Well, I, I, you know, first of all, this the reaction in the Daily Tar Heel was from a small group of faculty that are the faculty executive council, wasn't the entire faculty. Uh, and 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 I, you know, to my knowledge and what I know to be the facts is this is this is an idea that has been percolating and worked on at the university for now going on six years and i i think there's there's been ample uh you know opportunity for this to uh rise to uh seriousness of, of needing to be implemented and and i view that as the job of the board of trustees is to sort of spark the movement on some of these things and this one in particular uh, because uh, you know especially in our polarized world we got we have to equip our students and our students deserve the equipment necessary to have the ability to discuss issues civilly with people who have different viewpoints to read the daily tar heel piece and then the op-ed that was in the news and observer and the charlotte observer they may sound like you guys got together for a, a beer a couple of nights ago and decided, "Hey, let's do this." I mean, it was they, they were they were not kind uh, in either one of these uh, op eds. But listen, I, I applaud you. I, I mean, we've been asking some hard questions, and maybe they, they no. sound like we're cynical, but I, I applaud you for doing this, and I hope it is a great success. Um, just as someone who is a, a pretty strong conservative, I look at this. I hope for the best, and uh, my cynicism says, "Oh, I hope it's not. I hope it's not torpedoed. I hope, I hope it'll be. It, it will be a paradigm shift, and uh, this will be a great opportunity for the students, and for that matter, the faculty. I mean, we hear from faculty all the time down here in the East, saying we appreciate what you all say and what you stand for, because so often at state universities, there's this intimidation factor that some people just sort of." keep their mouth shut, you know, bend their head down and, and don't speak up because they feel like they're going to get lamb blasted. Well, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. You know, it's really, I view the Board of Trustees' uh, responsibility is to speak on behalf of the 11 million North Carolina 
citizens. Uh, and, and, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're answering what we believe uh, the citizens of North Carolina want us to be doing at the flagship university. David Bullock, chair of the UNC Board of Trustees. Dave, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We do appreciate it. And and much Absolutely. success. Let's stay in touch on this. I'd, I'd love to see where it goes. And uh, as you get closer to a launch date, let's talk again. Will do. Thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave.